Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's the best place in the house to hide from ghosts? The living room. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Pez, you would have thought that this guy was, was a bit of a, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve. My little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner, gives me street cred with wacko alternative medicine assholes. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And this is a shout-out to Amanda. No, cold... Cold temperature doesn't cause colds. Viruses and bacteria cause colds and pneumonia, not cold temperature. But you may be more susceptible to it during cold weather. So a little fun fact, keep people listening to the intro. This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. I guess it was Amy that asked that. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to a regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your health care provider. Don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. Stuff.drsteve.com for all your shopping needs. Uh, you got a guitar player in your family? Rolls. Go to stuff.drsteve.com. Scroll down. Buy them a roadie robotic guitar tuner. Do it now. If you don't want to go to stuff.drsteve.com, go to roadie. R-O-A-D-I-E dot drsteve.com and buy them one today. It's the greatest gift you'll ever give them. Um, and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. And uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. And uh, check us out at patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. That's uh, Tacy and me and uh, some celebrities sometimes. We're supposed to have Gino Bisconti soon. Uh, Joe List is on the list. Kevin Brennan's on the list. Uh, I'd like to have Rich and Bonnie. Sometime I might have to have them on separately. (laughs) 
for lots of different reasons, but uh, the main one, so I don't lose control of the show, as I did the last time we did the three of us a show together. Um, go back and listen to their episode called Personality Test, I think it's called, or Compatibility Test, I think it was. And um, I uh, did a, 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 a Myers-Briggs uh, personality assessment on the two of them. Oh, goodness. And it was interesting. One of them was ISTJ and the other one was ISTP. So they were exactly the same mm-hmm. except for the last letter. But that meant made all the difference. And what oh, that funny. meant was if Bonnie is, uh, um, you know, getting ready for a trip, the two of them are getting ready for a trip, and ISTP will just throw stuff in there, you know, just throw stuff in the suitcase and then go, hey, if we get there and I forgot something, I'll buy it when I get there. Whereas the ISTJ has all their little packing cubes and they've got the Mm -hmm. X number of underwear and all this stuff all in a row, all perfect. And the ISTJ, which are the, you know, the the J stands for judgment and the P stands for perception. They will criticize the other one for not doing it the way they do it. And so that was very real. And, uh, but that was a fun one. It's, it's several years ago. And at the spoiler alert, at the very end of it, I just started playing an old song called You Have to Accentuate the Positive <laughs> <laughs> to finish off this because I couldn't get them to stop. I just said, well, let's just end it that way. So anyway. All right. Very good. Um, and then uh, Cameo. It's time for holiday cameos. Cameo.com slash weird medicine. I'll say uh, what up to your mama at uh, – at uh, the holidays uh, for a very little amount of money. And what is hilarious is I tried to get Tom, the comedian Tom Myers, to do a couple for me, and he reported me to (laughs) Cameo saying that I was a troll impersonating a well-known radio personality. So he thought it was some person uh, impersonating me trying to get him to uh, goof on people. I was just as me trying to get him to goof on people. And uh, his thing, 60 bucks. I bought two of them. I figured he'd be excited, you know, for 120 bucks uh, to, you know, go out and take his chick to out to dinner or something. But no, he, he would rather just uh, uh, not accept the money. But anyway, okay, Tom, it was actually me. And I'm sorry that uh, that didn't work out. Don't forget uh, Dr. Scott's website. It's simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. Did you bring that little bottle up with you? Yes. You did? So um, a friend of mine turned me on to this stuff, and this is not an advertisement for them. It is – I can't even read the damn name. Okay, Magic Mind it's called. And this is an herbal supplement that you can buy, and this stuff was fabulously expensive. And uh, do you still have the ingredients up there, Dr. Scott? Um, the, the reason no. I bring it up is it says do more, stress less. Do you not no. have stress less trademarked? <laughs> well, no. Okay, no. so so but it's a, it's it, I'm I'm all you about doing tr- more. You got in trouble with one of the things that you said, right? Yeah, some some some. Sh- was it stress less or was it? It was stress less. <laughs> yeah, some some doofus in Atlanta was said he had it trademarked and um and of okay, course well, allegedly a doofus. No, he's a doofus. I said it. I heard, it, if he heard, it, I hope he is it. Okay, but um, but no, they're um, and hell, there's seventy different stressless. There's a stressless 
sleeper, a stressless recliner, and yeah, I I'm, guess I'm, it, it is context-driven. My understanding is trademark. You can't um, trademark something blanket. It has to be with the context, right? So you can't say, "Well, I have." This thing called stressless, and no one else can use it for anything else. Yeah, no one else can ever use that term. Yeah, intellectual property and trademarking and all that stuff, patent stuff, it's all pretty tricky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why those guys that do it for a living, I think, make a pretty good, a pretty good chunk of change doing it for Yeah, well, I'm going to check out like this too. Magic Mind stuff, but, you know, I think uh, maybe you ought to amp up your marketing a little bit. I can. I I'm mean, thinking about real. doing more doing more marketing on the Weird Medicine show. It's, it's my favorite <laughs> on the show. the podcast part, right? <laughs> it's my favorite show. <laughs> the most famous show it's, on the— it's, Evidently, it's the most—it's the second most favorite <laughs> famous right, show in the world. Right, with the Cardiff Electric yes. podcast being number one. All right. Uh, well, check out Dr. Scott at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. Yep. I see no one has put a copyright strike on you for, or a trademark strike on you for um, um, fatigue reprieve. No. How bizarre is that? <laughs> it's not as cool of a name. No, it's, it, it, but it rhymes. It there rhymes. you go. It makes it sound good. All right. Yes, it does. Hey, we've uh, got a great bunch of folks with us today. Well, that's because we're recording on Saturday now. So if you want to... Hang out with us while we record this, um, you know, um, early <laughs> termination of a pregnancy of a show. Uh, check us out at uh, around one o'clock on Saturdays on YouTube. Just, you know, go to our YouTube channel and uh, subscribe and like and turn on the notifications. And when we go live, you can come in and hang out with us. We've got a good group in there. so mm -hmm. And they have to listen to our shite music at the end of the show and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. fun. But it's fun, though. All oh, right. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, very good. Um, but Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. Well, ain't that the truth. So I've got a couple of uh, voicemails here, and you've got some topics and stuff, too. Yeah, we've got a couple. Do I hear? Yeah, that's what I heard. And Tacey's in Las Vegas, so I don't feel sorry for her. No. And, uh, yep. She's um, probably still in bed right now as we speak. No, I just talked to her. <laughs> yeah, they they got up. They went and saw Ron White last night. Oh, my gosh. And apparently he is retiring. And, uh, but, yeah, you know, it made me kind of sad because Vic Henley was a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a, there's a cadre of people that say Vic Henley wasn't funny. I disagree. Um, whether you liked him on the Opie radio show or not, that's here nor there. Mm -hmm. I saw him absolutely destroy an audience of 250, three, you know, 300 people at Allendale, mm -hmm. um, uh, at, you know, at one of the, or the Allendale comedy uh, events that we put on. Mm -hmm. And it was in a barn, which was apropos. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a bunch of people from Upper East Tennessee, so it was his audience, but he destroyed in that audience. And uh, he was such a nice guy, too. Vic Henley was a very nice person. He um, got stuck in Atlanta, and apparently he couldn't upgrade his ticket because I had bought his ticket 
with miles and there were some restrictions and stuff. Oh, no. and it's like, dude, I'll, I'll fix it, whatever you want. He missed two gigs. He, we would have them come in on Thursday so yep. they could do their gigs on uh, Friday and Saturday. He missed fr- all his Friday and Saturday gigs. Oh, goodness. I uh, sent him a check for, I can't remember, $750,000 just to you know <laughs> make up for some of that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how much he was making in New York at the time. And uh, he sent me back a, a email. You know, you son of a bitch! I'm not taking your money. And I, and he gave it to uh, you know some veterans charity, which I oh, thought cool. was really cool. I mean, he was a cool guy, really nice. And uh, it was so we all figured Ron White would be the first to go, and he's still going at it. And yeah. um, you know, poor old Vic is no longer with us. So, but anyway. But yeah, a good guy, uh, still greatly missed, and uh, he uh, he's. Well regarded in Upper East Tennessee. You know who else is? Is uh, Tim Dillon. They loved him here. Mm-hmm. We got Tim back before he was Tim Dillon. He was, you know, <laughs> a, nobody'd ever heard of him. We right. got him for fifteen hundred bucks plus expenses, mm-hmm. you know, plus travel and expenses, and uh, he totally destroyed that audience too. So you know, we've got a, a good, a good. Uh, uh, population for comedy here because they really are just sort of starved for comedy, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think yeah. we only have one or two local. Well, we never joints, had, yeah. we didn't have any. Yeah, no, we hadn't, we've, we had none for years. And, and that's why we recently. started etncomedy.com and we did uh, a, a few sort of big, larger events, uh, mainly just as a proof of concept. And now we've got a couple of comedy clubs. They're all in Bristol, right around the or Bristol, Virginia, where the casino is, but yep. still, it's something. So. so Virginia now has a, a casino and marijuana. Yeah. And we got nothing. Nope. <laughs> nope. We're, Tennessee's a little a little slow on we the draw. We got whiskey. We do have some Tennessee whiskey. And we got, that's a good thing. We got corn squeezing stuff, <laughs> you know. Hey, by the way, we got, we've got to stop the show for two seconds. It yep. is Amy's birthday. Amy. Oh, Amy. Uh, talk oh, like a hick to, oh, yes. to you. Okay, let's see here. So happy birthday, Amy. Uh, let me, I'm here. You get nothing. You lose. <laughs> so there you go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Uh oh. Uh oh. Wrong one. Wrong one. No. <laughs> anyway. All right. Happy birthday to Amy in uh, the waiting room. Which yes. Is... All right. Uh, what else we got? You want to do your well? Well, let's do some of these yeah, um, questions, way. and then we'll do that. That'd okay, be great. Here we go. All right. Let's see what we got here. This is on tolerance. Hey, Doctor oh. Steve. Yep. Randy from Austin. Hey, Had yeah. a very uh, weird question to ask, of course. Cool. Uh, basically, I've been um, having a theory that I believe that if you are constantly taking medicine, that the effectiveness of medicine tends to worn off. Now, personally. If I don't have to take any kind of medication whatsoever, I try not to with, uh, of course, with the occasional, you know, flu, cold or sore back, you know, a painkiller here, NyQuil, DayQuil here and there and such. But I wanted to know if someone is constantly taking medicine, does the effect of medicine loses its potentness over time? Or is it just that you're kind of getting more I think you made up a word there, buddy, but the I know side what you effects <laughs> Or vice versa. Or yeah. That's basically what the question is. Does taking medicine constantly over time loses its potency in the human body? Thank you. Good question. Yeah. Uh, and it is a good question. Good question yeah. And the answer is it depends. 
It depends on the medication. So there is a thing called tachyphylaxis. Tachyphylaxis is where a medication rapidly loses its effectiveness in the, uh, uh, you know, after continued use. There's also tolerance. So if I give someone um, an opioid, let's say I give them five milligrams of oxycodone every four hours uh, for their pain, after some amount of time, they may need, require 10 milligrams to get the same effect, and then 30 milligrams, and then 80 milligrams, et cetera, et cetera, and that's called tolerance. And uh, there is a thing called upregulation, too, and that may be related to tolerance, where um, if I block a receptor that the body uses, for example, an um, acetylcholinesterase receptor, uh, <clears throat> if I uh, block that receptor, the body will go, well, wait a minute, I need those receptors, so it will make new ones. Mm -hmm. And then the medication becomes less effective because now you've got all these receptors. You know, you maybe you start off with 100, let's say, multiply that times, you know, a million. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you've got 1,000 of them. So you need that much more medication to cover those receptors to do the thing that you're trying to do. Right. Um, there's, um, there's desensitization, too. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, that's where uh, there's a biological response to a drug diminishes when it's given continuously or repeatedly. And it may be possible to get the response back by an, either increasing the dose of the drug uh, or in some cases the tissues become completely refractory to that effect. So, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> And then, as I said, tachyphylaxis is used to describe desensitization that occurs very rapidly, sometimes even with the initial dose. So. An example of a drug like that could be uh, an H2 blocker, okay, like famotidine. Right. Those are felt to have, in some people, tachyphylaxis in that when you take them to suppress acid in the stomach, they'll work really well the first couple of times, then they drop off. Mm -hmm. But um, I can get think of counterexamples. Yeah. Uh, marijuana. Yeah. Most people will tell you that the first time they tried pot, it didn't do anything. It was the second or third time. All of a sudden, it kicked their ass. Now, I don't know if that's a myth or not, mm -hmm. but that's a that's a case where you become sensitized to something. Mm -hmm. You got any other examples? Of well, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking another example would be something like testosterone that, and, and even some thyroid medications. If you take them for long enough, your body stops producing. Like testosterone, for sure. Yes. You take testosterone long enough as a supplement. Oh, that's a good one. And your body says, wait a minute, you've got plenty of it. Well, let's just stop making testosterone. So you have to continue to the take opposite, it. So that's a whole different animal. Opposite of uh, upregulation yep. up up that's actually downregulation of the thing that the body was making. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you would need more yeah. up to a point. Yeah. There is uh, a, um, a phenomenon called you know, where you deplete the chemicals that are necessary for the pharmacological actions of the drug. So let's say you have a, a certain number of uh, neurotransmitters, and then you deplete those. And uh, once you deplete those, then you can keep going up and up and up on the drug, and it won't work anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, maybe capsaicin okay. would be one where uh, that that is the um, the the molecule that causes red peppers to be hot. Mm -hmm. And if you put that on the skin, it'll burn. Mm -hmm. 
the first few times, but if you keep putting it on, it won't burn anymore. And as a matter of fact, if you had pain in that area where you're putting it, uh, where you're putting the capsaicin on, it'll actually stop hurting. Yep. In a, lot, yeah, in a lot of cases. So you just, can harness this effect to your benefit. Go ahead. Well, which yeah. is just completely counterintuitive because sometimes we'll, we'll tell people to put it on, on something that hurts. And, and why would you want to put something that burns on something that hurts? Because like, you're depleting right. that neurotransmitter yeah. that sends the pain fiber yeah. to the brain. Yeah, it's That's counterintuitive, but, yeah. it, but it does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of crazy. So um, I'm looking here at an article to see if there are any things, uh, you know, drug resistance is a term that we reserve to describe the loss of effectiveness of, say, a, um, of an antibiotic. But that's because the organisms actually uh, figure out a way around it. You know, penicillin used to kill almost all bacteria mm -hmm. that it came in contact with, and now it kills very few. And that's because I, the bacteria have learned, you know, when you get one that figures out, hey, I can... Uh, you know, phosphorylate one, you know, you know, part of this molecule, or I can close this receptor, or I can do, you know, uh, I can change uh, the way that I metabolize, uh, you know, certain uh, certain aspects of my environment, and now the the stupid antibiotic just bounces off of me. These fucking things will send out little pieces of, of DNA uh, so that other bacteria can pick it up and learn how to become uh, resistant to it. And also, just think of it this way. If you, uh, let's say you have a group of bacteria and there's a, just a billion of them. You've got a billion of them. That's a very small number for a bunch of bacteria, but you've got a billion bacteria and a hundred of them are resistant to a drug, okay. and you throw the the drug on there, you kill all but a hundred, right? So it seemed, oh, to us, they're all gone. Yeah. But that hundred now can reproduce at, at will because there, there's no competition for them anymore. Yeah. And now they'll uh, reproduce like crazy, and now when you get a billion of those bacteria back, they'll all be resistant to the drug. Yeah. This happens with cancer chemotherapy too. Uh, can't there small cell lung cancer? Good example of that, where you kill it the first time with um, uh, with your chemotherapy, and then but then when it comes back, it's the cells that you didn't kill the first time that come back, and now they're resistant to what you threw at them because they didn't die the first time. Yeah, it like CLL, like chronic lymphocytic. Leukemia like that, or or lymphoma, like one, a, one of those two. So lymphomas can be like lymphomas. That that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought but they'll go away really fast. They can go away, but then they tend to come back. And well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes with lymphomas, sometimes you can just kill everything. Okay, yeah, they've gotten better and better at, at treating us. treating lymphoma. Cool. But the um, there's two kinds of cancer that you can treat in the ICU. I mean, you know, most of the time. Uh, they want you to be able to walk into the chemotherapy suite because when you give someone chemotherapy, it takes someone that's at, you know, at, at a high level of functioning and will drop their level of functioning down. So if you bring somebody that's in a low level of functioning and drop that down, you can, you can do them in. 
So they'll require usually a certain level of functioning before they can just give you the high-potency chemotherapy agents. But uh, small cell lung cancer and lymphoma are exceptions to that because you can tr sometimes treat those people with one dose of chemotherapy and then it will just dissolve. And um, now you have to keep treating them to try to get all the cells that you can possibly get and mm -hmm. keep it away as long as you can. But uh, they will do that. Now, do I recommend someone on the ventilator being treated with chemotherapy? No, I don't recommend it, but it can be done. That's mm -hmm. the one time you can do it. And uh, as a matter of fact, they will kill so many cancer cells at once that the body has a hard time processing it. It can, can cause gout. Oh, good. And it can cause a thing called tumor lysis syndrome where you've killed so much dead you know, tissue, human tissue in the human body that uh, the body can't handle it. Well, you know. How do you, how do you get rid of that? Well, yep, they end up in the hospital. A lot of times, you give them fluids to flush out their right, kidneys. Okay. That makes sense. That kind of stuff. You give them medication to prevent gout crystals from Ugh. forming and stuff. Don't use don't use the G word, in my presence, please. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so now there are. Back to his question, there are other drugs that you can just take on and on and on forever, and they do just fine. An example, like a blood pressure medication, I would think for the most part, yeah, those tend to be pretty. Stable over time. Yeah, and it's if your blood pressure does tend to increase over time, it's usually not because the blood pressure medicine is failing. Right. It's because your genetic predisposition to high blood pressure is progressing. Yeah. Or so. there's some other things that need need to be looked at. Yeah, yeah, looked yeah. into a little deeper. But it's yeah. a dynamic process, and there are reasons for all of these things. Yep. You know, why do people get more and more? Uh, resistant to insulin. It's because insulin ha half the time is the problem. And when you get these spikes of insulin, the, the blood sugar drops low and the body really hates low blood sugar situations. So it'll start to dial down the sensitivity of the, um, uh, you know, of the body's response to insulin. Mm -hmm. It's just like if someone's shouting in your ear, you're going to turn down your, your hearing aid. Mm -hmm. And then you keep turning it down as they get louder and louder because you can't hear them. Mm. And you keep turning it down and they keep yelling louder and then eventually you can't hear anything, yeah. no matter how loud they shout. And that just think of insulin as being the person that's shouting and the body's response to insulin as being the, the hearing aid. My great grandmother used to. You could tell when she was tired of listening to you. She just reach she, up. Yeah, she's reaching up, put put her shirt pocket. <laughs> hey, I've, I've got a quick. I've got you a quick. Damn kids! Shut up, kids! I've got a quick question for uh, yep. from um, from Bonafide Lloyd Bonafide. So um, he had a coworker last week had something grow on the ball of her foot. She thought it was a wart. Went to urgent care. Turned out to be an infection. They drained it. Okay. And um, so the, the question was, how did she get an infection in the ball of her foot? There were no cuts or anything. Right. But here's the clue. Diabetes. She, she wore some weird shoes. Oh, yeah. What'd she wear? I don't know. They just said she wore some different shoes. So I've got to, yeah. I got to, I've got to guess. Well, I, oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, go. Because yeah. mine is just really a guess. So. Yeah, well, I was going right. to say, you know what I think she probably did? If she wore some weird, weird shoes... Put some weird pressure on her foot. She may have developed like a like an, a bursitis. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. of a callus. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, if it's a callus, they might not drain it though. But if it was a pretty nasty bursitis. Oh, okay. they might not drain it. Oh, I see what you're see saying. What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, like if you fall and hit your 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 ol elbow, ol 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 <laughs> Oh God, your alacrinon. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah!
Ola Cran and your Ola Cran and burst, but that happens a lot. We see that in a lot of elbows. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes wrist, um, a lot of joints when there's trauma to that joint. And that, that might have been what happened to her foot. Huh. That, no, that's my guess. No, we didn't see it, obviously. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that would make sense to me, especially if it was that acute. You know, you can get you can get traumas to the bursa and the knee, and get like uh, what we we call a pre patella bursitis. Yep, it can be due to a trauma, and they'll actually draw that out, that fluid out of yeah, there. Yeah, that'd too. be in the knee, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, toe joints uh, do have bursas, and they can get bursitis. So that may be what it was. Yeah. Makes sense. It's the ball of the foot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could be. Could, could be. be yeah. I, I, a lot of times, would see people who were diabetic and had a big callus mm-hmm. on the bottom of their foot and that would become infected. And you go, yeah. well, how did this happen? It, it, there wasn't a cut, not that we knew of. That you could see, right. And, right. and there may have been something stuck in there that they just didn't see and they just drained us. So. Yeah. But at least yeah. There's, a, there's an alternate answer for you there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking here. How do you treat bursitis in the big toe? Rest, ice, elevation, Elevate. stretching, yeah. Yeah. Take wearing the... insoles to your footwear. No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> put on a... Chacos, brother. Chacos will do it. What the hell is a Chaco? A Chaco will take the pressure off the, the, the toes and arch of the foot. How do you spell that? Uh, just like a taco, but with a CH. That's the, those are the shoes I wear. Best shoes ever. Oh, okay. Me, those are those negative I'm, heel things negative, that Charles exactly. talking about. How in the hell is that going to help a bursitis in your toe? Well, it takes most of the load off your toes, it, especially at rest. Oh, really? You know, when you're walking, it's normal, but at rest, it takes all the load off your toes. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you so, go. so says Dr. Scott. There you go. <laughs> Science-based is information it? here. <laughs> no, it's not. Of it course it's not. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Hi, guys and girls. Hello. Uh, just wondering, thir- 39 years ago, I had to take a blood test to get a marriage license. And I don't know if they still do that or not. But what was it they were looking for? And what would have showed up that they would have said, sorry, you can't get married? Just curious. Thanks. Hmm. Yeah, um, I know exactly what they were looking for. They were looking for syphilis. Oh, that is absolutely true. <laughs> now, um, almost every state in the United States has dropped any blood test requirements before getting married. There is a partial exception, which is New York, which requires that people of uh, African and Hispanic descent uh, uh, get blood tests for sickle cell anemia. Now, that law allows religious exemptions, and apparently the results won't affect your ability to get married. So you have to have the test, but you can't, uh, but you uh, can still get married. Uh, and so it, states sometimes require applicants uh, read a brochure that includes information about inherited and sexually transmitted diseases, such as HIV and how to get tests for those diseases. So there you go. So that's what that was for the most part. It was back in the day they were looking for syphilis just to make sure that you weren't infecting somebody. Because um, syphilis was a horrendous disease before we developed treatment for it. Oh, gosh, yeah. And one of the main reasons for um, monogamy and for not having intercourse before marriage. Mm. You there know, you go. Yeah. Because syphilis was bad. It was um, it related to Lyme disease in the sense that they're both spirochetes. The molecule is sort of a twisty, turny looking thing. Yeah. All right, the molecule, the bacterium. Yeah. 
and they have three phases. Think of Lyme disease. You have a rash, and then you have uh, a latent phase where it goes away, and then you have this tertiary phase where it comes back and Fs you up. Hmm. Pretty good. In the case of Lyme disease, you know, it can affect the heart and the joints and stuff. Yeah. Now, it, with syphilis, you have a rash. You have a chancre mm-hmm. that divides and divides again. It's usually painless. And then you would have a latent phase and then the tertiary phase that can affect the cartilage of the face. So your face just kind of falls off <laughs> or um, and or it would uh, uh, invade the brain and cause neurosyphilis and make you crazy. Right on. So there you go. So uh, but that's what, yeah, that's what they were looking for. And that is no longer the, the case. I think hmm. I think I had I, I know I uh, I remember. When I got married the first time, I had to get a physical exam. Okay. And I remember the guy checked. I'm 19 or 20-something years old, and he's doing a prostate exam on me. It's like, was this really necessary? Oh, geez. Yeah, he thought it was. All right. How about this one? Dr. Steve. Dr. Scott. What's up? Hey, can excessive sneezing from allergies or coughing from something too much cause any minor brain damage love you guys love the show hmm. well, we love you back yeah love you too man yeah. uh no hmo only uh private private insurance that's terrible thank you okay so uh yeah it's not true that your heart stops beating when you sneeze but you, it is rare that if you go on the internet, it'll say, no, you cannot die from a sneeze. You cannot die from a sneeze. People have died from sneezing, but it is extremely rare. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in the UK. Here's a teenager sneezes to death. Ooh. Mother's despair after 17 year old son suffers a brain hemorrhage following a sneezing fit. And this was the example I was going to give. So I was. It's very sad to see this, but glad that you know that we can talk about this a little bit. Um, if you have a an aneurysm in your brain and you sneeze, it is possible that that thing could cut loose. But this is not a reason not to sneeze or not to hold your sneezes in because it's unbelievably uh, rare for this to happen. But this is um, you know, it's a tragic story. A teenager collapsed and died from a brain hemorrhage after having a sneezing fit. Uh, the kid had a seizure at his home in Stockton on Tees after sneezing six times in quick succession. And I'm going to assume that he had a congenital abnormality in the yeah. um, in the brain. I don't uh, – I, I, this is a very long article, but I'm going to assume that. So there are some um, – you know, if you have a predisposition for an aneurysm and you sneeze and it triggers it, yeah, but that it's if it was on the borderline like that, it was going to happen anyway, no matter what you did. So um, the the main thing is is if you have symptoms of a neurologic nature, particularly uh, involving the face, where you feel oh all of a sudden my half of my face has gone numb, or if you have the worst thunderclap headache you've ever had in your life, uh, don't ignore that. Go get it checked. Yes, and. Most of the time, it'll still be nothing. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, they'll pick up on something that can save save your life. This is one of those things where Western medicine 
it, it can really help you. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, far superior. Far superior. Hey, Amanda's got a good question. What about what about like holding your nose or pinching off a sneeze, good or bad? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Just let it, yeah, it's there. To, we there it's is to protect you. There is a sneeze. Right, that's yeah. right. There's a sneeze reflex for mm. a reason, mm. and people who hold it are you know they're preventing that reason, which is there's some antigen in your nose and the. The body's trying to just blow it out forcefully. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, sneezing may help prevent you from getting ill uh, by, uh, you know, by expelling the things that are getting into your nose, helps reset the settings of your nose back to normal. Um, but, um, you know, when you're speaking to someone else, you kind of want to hold in the sneeze or whatever. But you can just turn sideways and put your nose in your elbow. Most people are aware that sneezing is, you know, is a thing and they're not going to be horrified by it. Um, so there was a 2016 study where scientists measured a pressure level of one pound force per square inch in the windpipe of a woman who was sneezing. And when they were exhaling, exhaling hard during strenuous activity, it was only like 0. 0.03 PSI. Hmm. So uh, holding in the sneeze in greatly increases the pressure inside the respiratory system to about 5 to 24 times that caused by the sneeze itself. And you just never know. No. So, you know, again... If you've got a really robust, healthy body, it's probably not hurting anything. But if there's anything in there that's slightly on the on the borderline, then uh, yeah, it could uh, push you over the edge. So, and I've 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 actually seen somebody rupture their eardrum holding in a sneeze. Oh gosh, now, I've yeah. ruptured my eardrum before, and that's and that is that hurts. That's some painful shit, man. Here's one. Uh, according to experts, uh oh. <laughs> Uh, the pressure caused by holding in a sneeze can potentially lead to the rupturing of a brain aneurysm. Well, we just talked about the sneeze actually mm-hmm. doing that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's a life-threatening injury. Uh, can, I'm not even going to read that one because that one's bullshit. <laughs> uh, doctors have found one case of a person rupturing the back of their throat by holding in a sneeze. So it's one case out of billions, billions of people. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. No. Uh, so, but anyway, so I, I'm, I think the risk of holding in a sneeze is pretty low mm-hmm. just as the risk of sneezing is really low. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what would be the point of doing it? You know, when we have mechanisms now for sneezing and coughing in public that are acceptable. Which you is, but you know, the only people you ever see holding in their sneezes are females. Yeah. Guys are, I think yeah. it's because they're delicate and they're, they're sweet and they're. Well, they hold in their flatus, too, and guys just kind of let it rip rip, or try to make a silent but (laughs) deadly one, you know. Yes, I believe there's some gender inequities there, I would believe. Let it rip. I've been in my office before where I've just, you know, had, what, I've drunk too much kombucha or something, (laughs) and and I've got gas and... You're drinking kombucha still Stop it. Yeah, I know. That's enough. That's no, enough. it just really doesn't gas me up, but it's something, <laughs> whatever it is. And, you know, you let out this silent but, you know, really horrendously smelly flatus, <laughs> and then you're just praying nobody comes in there. And then here comes my program coordinator. Can you sign these things? It's like, yeah, give them to me. I'll bring them to you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I love it. I love anyway. it. If you're sneezing a lot, 
there's something in your nose that's irritating it, you get you a navage mm. or just get some Simply Saline or, or some Dr. Scott uh, Simply go. Herbals uh, nasal spray. That's right. And uh, get that nose cleaned out. You get the original or the... CBD. There you go. Infused. Okay. Yes, you can. It's simply herbals.net. But you you can spray this stuff up there, let it sit there for a minute, and then just blow it back exactly. out again. Yeah. A lot of times that'll take care of it. So, All right. Yeah. Okay. Excellent question. All right. Hey, Dr. Steve. It's Mike from New York. Hey, Mike. I have um, a blockages in my heart. On the left side, the uh, artery, I guess, is 100% blocked. Oh. Center 75 and the right 35%. Goodness. Mike. After a while, I get a little discomfort in my chest, but it's always on the right side of my chest, farthest away from the blockages. Never much, thank God. Uh, but is there a medical reason why it's on the opposite side of the chest where I feel a little discomfort at times? Or um, what's the deal? Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Yeah. Well, so... Mike's got a bunch of blockages yeah, in his heart. Pretty serious stuff. Um, but he, but all of the discomfort he has on the right side of his chest. You always hear about pain being on the left side of your chest. So uh, when you have heart pain, right now, um, angina or angina mm -hmm. can be can just you know mask itself as lots of things. Mm -hmm. I've told the story about the guy when I was in medical school that died because when he came in, he said he had a sore throat. Oh, gosh. What he was really describe, trying to describe to them was that he was having left-sided chest pain that radiated to his neck, or maybe he just had it in his neck. When my dad had um, angina, uh, he, he, he ignored it because it was just shoulder pain. And uh, he was on us. My brother, who was his doctor, uh, put him on a, a treadmill. And when the treadmill started showing, it you know issues of decreased blood flow to the to the heart. My brother said, "Are you having any symptoms?" He said, "No, just my shoulders hurting." And it turned out that was what how angina was experienced by him. Mm. So this whole textbook thing of you know people having a heart attack have um, sweating, palpitations, nausea, left-sided chest pain that radiates to the left arm. That's textbook presentation. A lot of people do present that way, but there's a whole bunch of people that don't. So, um, But stuff on the right side of the chest is a little bit weird for angina. That can be acid reflux. It can be um, musculoskeletal stuff in the, in the right side of the chest. Uh, it's, you know, the, the question is, does it come on? with activity and then go away with rest. And if it does, then that's that's the real hallmark for mm -hmm. angina or heart pain is that uh, when you're running up three flights of stairs, does it come on? And then after you've calmed down a little bit, does it go away? And if that's reproducible, that may be a sign that your heart isn't getting enough blood and therefore time to get checked again. But with that many stents and blockages, I'm assuming Mike is uh, being seen frequently by his cardiologist. So. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I hope so anyway. You got anything on that one? Maybe he's got, what is it? Situs inversus. Situs inversus, yeah. His Surely to God flipped. they would know that. <laughs> heart's on the wrong side. I flipped they, over. Yeah, there are situs people. Situs inversus, yeah. That have, is it situs inversus or yeah. situs? Situs. Okay, situs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Situs, probably. Situs and versus situs. That's what I was thinking. Rare. But, you know, the other thing is... Well, let's tell people what that is. That is a a defect in the... um, the cells that make that are embryologically going to form the organs where they don't migrate the way they're supposed to, and uh, they will end up having the heart on the right side of the body and the spleen, on, you know, on the right side of the body and all kinds of stuff. The liver's on the left. It's crazy. Yeah. Can be if it's situs inversus universalis or whatever. The you know complete. Uh, complete reversal. There are some people who have the speech part of their brain on the right side rather than on the left. Most people, if you have a stroke on the left uh, lateral side of your brain, you'll have trouble speaking. You may have a thing called Broca's aphasia where you have trouble getting words out uh, or it's like a constant word search. Like times when you've heard me trying to think of the correct word to say, those people, they never get out of that loop. Or there's a Wernicke's aphasia where they don't understand anything uh, either and uh, can't process words. That's because the language section is all, you know, right above and just a little bit in front of the left ear. But there are some people where it's the opposite, and they have a stroke over there, and they're totally fine, but then they end up having a stroke on the right side, now they can't speak. So, mm. yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, so there, I guess that's that. Let's do this one. Hi, Dr. Steve. This is Karen from Wisconsin. Hey, Karen. Hmm. Okay, about three months ago, <clears throat> I had this headache that if I could have chopped my head off, I would have. Okay. Um, That went away the next day, but since then I've had a cough. And my doctor listened to my lungs, and my lungs are fine. Apparently I don't have COVID, even though I got the jab late last year. Now, when I cough, I don't cough up mucus or anything. Um, And I breathe so loud when I'm breathing that my dog looks at me funny. And... My doctor gave me prednisone okay. and a steroid inhaler, and n- nothing works. She doesn't know what else she can do. She won't order, like, a um, an X-ray or anything because apparently I have to do that. And if I what? <clears throat> ask for it, then I have to pay for it. So what? I don't know what no, kind of fuckery the Oh, my God, that sounds like Catch-22. Mm-hmm. Remember in Catch-22? In Catch-22? Um, the Yosarian, the pilot, or I guess he was the bombardier, but he wanted to get out of flying uh, bombing missions in World War II. Mm-hmm. They said, all I got to do is, um, you know, is say you're crazy. But then if you said you were crazy, you couldn't be crazy. Uh, so the, yeah. You know, so then you, you they couldn't let you out. Mm. And that was Catch-22. And then, of course, Catch-22 became everything. Yes. In uh, you know in that universe. so that was an original uh, originally a movie. No, it was originally a book. Okay, okay. But the the movie by Mike Nichols is awesome. The okay. TV show, uh, not so much. They really didn't get the humor in the TV show. Hmm. I never saw it. Um, it was uh, I think yeah it was on one of the cable networks and I I really was disappointed in it. Uh, it was you know it was a satire <laughs> and the the Mike Nichols movie is brilliant. But anyway, but anyway. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm, usually, I'm normally healthy, but I did have um, pneumonia and bronchitis, but that was way back, like, 
10 plus years ago. Yeah. So I still have the cough. I don't have it that often, but I mean, it's every day. Yeah. So, and I'm wheezing most of the time. Okay. But I'm not dying. I don't feel like it. Yeah, right. But it just feels like I'm, it's heavy in my. I'm going to discount the headache part. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because there are coughs that cause headache. And sometimes that can be a sign of um, leakage of cerebral spinal fluid in the brain. Yeah. And people that get this cough and that'll cause headache as it as the as the increased pressure from the cough sort of forces some of the cerebral spinal fluid out. Mm-hmm. And uh, people with chronic cerebral spinal fluid leak have all kinds of problems. So mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that's not it, because that's really the other way around. The cough makes the headache, not the headache starting the cough. Yep. But uh, I would look at the drugs that she's on. Yep. She's on an ACE inhibitor. Blood pressure medicines for sure. Blood pressure yeah. medicines can cause chronic cough. Yeah. Uh, post-nasal drip can cause it. Asthma reflux. That's a big one. Gastrointestinal reflux. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the x-ray for that, there's a simple x-ray for that. It'd just be a barium swallow mm-hmm. and uh, where they're just looking to see if uh, under fluoroscopy where they turn the, 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 the x-ray video camera on mm-hmm. and see if the, your stomach contents are coming up into your esophagus. Yep. And if they're coming up far enough, that can just cause a chronic cough. And then just chronic bronchitis if you had... Um, a, uh, you know, if you had emphysema or something like sure. that, so, uh, um, or obstructive lung disease from smoking in the past, mm-hmm. um, a foreign body can do it too. So, it's, you know, you get a foreign body lodged in your lung and it keeps trying to get rid of it. It can cause cough. Mm-hmm. So what I would recommend is that uh, they, if they're not going to do an x-ray, for goodness sake, mm-hmm. do a, a, a spirometry. Okay. Spirometry is where you blow into a tube and then it will uh, determine what your lung volumes are with inhaling and exhaling. Mm-hmm. And if it shows obstructive disease, well, then you got probably have chronic bronchitis. They can treat that. Mm-hmm. There are things that they can give you for this instead of just blowing you off like this. Yeah. Um, you know, but a, a chest X-ray, CT scan of the lungs or, you know, an MRI of the lungs, where that could yep. be something. Treat post-nasal drip. Go post, ahead. As I say, post-nasal drip for sure. And the other thing is she could treat GERD yep. just for the heck of it. And if that helps her cough, I mean, that's a pretty simple treatment, and it's not going to affect if, – if she does have something else going on in her lungs, it's not going to affect that at all. So she might be able to try just treating herself with some right. anti-reflux medication. The thing is, if it's, me- if it's mechanical, mm-hmm. decreasing the acid content in the stomach is great, but the, the content still come up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so that'll improve it but may not make it go away. But, yeah, yeah. He's, he's right. There's over-the-counter stuff for reflux. Yeah, the only other thing I could think of is if she had a headache first, maybe she had a – she had the flu. If they checked her for COVID but didn't check her for flu, she could have had a headache from the flu and then got the, the yeah. upper respiratory stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully hopefully she gets better soon. I'm looking up something here. There's a... Um, oh, Kush made it. Kush. Yeah. There is a thing called bradykinin that plays a major role in uh, dilation of microscopic vessels. And it dilates arterial uh, arterial cerebral vessels, contributes to that um, migraine pain. So she talked about migraine. The other thing is, is that 
Brady Kynan is also involved in cough, too. And this a Brady Kynan mechanism is um, what's blamed for the cough that is caused by uh, ACE inhibitor blood pressure medications and angiotensin receptor blocker um, blood pressure medications. So uh, Brady Kynan induces sort of sensitization of this air, of these airway sensory nerves. They cause airway smooth muscles to constrict, leading to bronchoconstriction and cough. So mm-hmm. it is kind of interesting. Headache, a Brady, Brady Kynan is associated with that, also associated with cough. There may be a connection there. She'll email me. I'll do some more research on this, see okay. where, we can, where we can, if we can find something. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Hi, Dr. Steve. This is Phil from Tampa. I was calling because I, I had two quick questions. I hope semi-related. Uh, the first question is, you know, in the past couple of shows, you've been talking about people who've needed procedures that have had, um, you know, rods in their spine or screws or plates and screws. Um, I'm just curious, why doesn't the body reject, I, I'm assuming, metal in your body? Like, it, it just seems weird to me that the body wouldn't see that and be like, oh, no, that's got to go and, and try to do something about it. Mm. Uh, and then my second question is, you know, we talk a lot about how the body breaks down and everything either decays or, you know, yeah. gets worse. Is there any part of the body that is surprisingly resilient to either break down, decay? Yeah, the neuro, the nervous system, basically, once it forms, that's mostly it. Mm-hmm. The nerves that you were uh, born with basically are the ones that you still have. And uh, some of them will regenerate. Peripheral nerves will regenerate, but the central nerves, they'll change their connections and do some, uh, uh, I mean, that's how memories and how you learn music and things like that are formed. But uh, for the most part, that's pretty resilient. Yeah. Uh, That's why we have a blood-brain barrier, too, is because it's so precious in there, the environment is, that you don't want just every Tom, Dick, and Harry being able to invite, you know, to uh, invade the neighborhood of the central nervous system. So there are only certain drugs that can get past there, certain cells that can get past there, et cetera. Now, for the first part, I think we've answered this question before. Uh, you can reject certain metals. You can be allergic oh, to them. Can. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh, I, I was skeptical that you could be allergic to titanium, but then we found literature that showed that there is a very small subset of people that can't have titanium implants because they're actually allergic to them. One of the first the first weird medicine we ever did, Danny Ross showed us uh, a rash on his abdomen that was right where the peg from his genes were, and he we diagnosed him with a nickel allergy. Right on. And uh, those are really easy. You just put, you know, uh, don't wear jeans that have those kinds of studs or you can paint uh, uh, fingernail polish over those or you can put a Band-Aid over the, over the stud or whatever where it comes in contact with your skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's interesting. But it's, it is kind of different than the way that we reject hearts and stuff. Hearts and kidneys have proteins on them that say... This is me. This is me. I'm friend. We have a friend and foe system. Mm -hmm. And so those proteins say friend, 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 friend. Now, when the body misinterprets those signals, then you have an autoimmune disorder. That's where the immune system attacks its own body cells. Rheumatoid arthritis is a good example of that, where the 
um, killer cells that are supposed to be destroying foreign bodies in your in your system uh, misrecognize cartilage proteins as being foe, and so they will um, um, you know attack them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but anyway, so when you put a heart in somebody, it's just got all these foe. I'm I'm foreign. I'm I'm you know I'm I need to be destroyed. Uh, type proteins on them, and so the the body's immune system will go and try to just kill it. So you have to give those people medications to just suppress those cells. Of course, when you do that, they do serve a real purpose. Mm-hmm. And when you suppress those cells, uh, you run the risk of other problems. And so there are people who are on certain anti-rejection drugs that are at increased risk for certain infections or for certain uh, neoplasms because the body's cells that are supposed to be killing those things are now being told to shut up. So, but anyway, very interesting. Uh, Let's do this one. Can any part of the human body regenerate itself? Yeah. Bye, Casey. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) She's not here. Genius. Uh, Now, yes, of course. Um, if I cut off some, if I just yank off someone's uh, uh, toenails, they'll regenerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, peripheral nerves, the very the ones in your fingers and those kinds of things. If you damage those, if you give the body the right environment, those can regenerate. Skin, yeah, skin, yeah, yeah. good one, muscle, good one. muscle. A lot of times, though, if you cut too deep into the skin, the way it regenerates with the scar, though, so it's not true regeneration. Yeah, that's true. But but if it's uh, a Kind of superficial. The liver, as long as you're healthy, the yeah. liver's the best one I can think of. If you cut out a big chunk of your liver, it'll just grow back. Yeah. So, uh, but I think Stacy's question is a good one. Why can chameleons regenerate their arms and we can't? And when we figure that one out, we will have made a We're real step forward in medicine. Anyway, all right, Doctor Scott. Uh, let's see here before we get out of here. We could take a couple more calls. I think. And uh, do you have anything from the waiting room? Nope. We're we're good over here. All right. Then let's do, uh, how about this one? Let's see what this is. This says recognized in public. We may have done this Hey, before. Dr. Steve, everybody else there. How's everybody doing? Good. Hey, thanks, Super man. Great, how are man. you doing? Hope Fantastic. Good. Great to hear. Okay. All right. I have a couple of questions that I haven't heard addressed in a long time, if they've been addressed. Okay. I know probably the second part, yes. The first one is for Dr. Steve or Dr. Scott, anyone else. Have you been recognized mm. at your practice? Is, is you had a patient walk in, sit yes. down and say, hey, aren't you Dr. Steve of weird medicine fame? And if so, do you have an experience with that? Uh, if you, as much as you can tell, you know. Yeah, that's a tough one. You have to be careful. But I did have uh, this happen a couple of times. And one, I'm giving a very sort of serious talk about, you know, goals of care and things like that. And let's say an advanced illness. And the person turned to me and said, do you know Anthony Cumia? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. He (laughs) said, yes, you do. I recognize your voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was early on. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that was, it was, that was cool. And then, you know, we all kind of uh, bonded over that over the long term, but they, uh, it was an interesting mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, it. Anyone who was an Anthony, Opie and Anthony fan for a long time, 
if they listened for a long time, particularly after the WNEW days, then they would most of the time they'd have a clue who who I was. You know, if they uh, if they said, you know, I recognize your voice. Do I know you from somewhere? I say, are you an Opie and Anthony fan? And then if they say yes, and I'll say, well, yeah, you probably heard my voice. That may be what it is. Tacy got mad. She gets mad every time I get recognized in public. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in line it, to get into a plane in Holly, uh, no, Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. I've told this story. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. And I was just saying, I'm wondering, you know, they were talking about you could only have three ounces of fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I said, you know, I wonder how much fluid you can have in a baby bottle. You know, if you got a baby and this guy turned around, and he said, I knew that was you as soon as I heard you say the word fluid. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Now, Dr. Scott gets recognized all the time, but that's because he tells everyone. Well, almost everyone. everyone. Almost everyone. Hey, we did. We did have it. Remember how many years ago we opened it, that um, the um, dud of a beer store. And remember we, the guy that was that set us up with our our our. Um, um, credit card machine said that he w- he we he would connect us with a guy in Bristol. Yeah, and the guy in Bristol owned a brewery, and the guy in brewery didn't know. Who yes, he was then, then he started going. Wait a minute, who are you talking about? And we were talking about yeah. P. A. John, yeah. and he was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, John, so and so is P. A. John from Weird Medicine." Yeah. We were like, "Yes," and he's like, "Oh, now it all makes sense." Well, yeah, and then he goes, "And, and wait a minute, but Doctor." He, he goes, wait a minute, you're setting up this, this this credit card machine for these two guys in Kingsport. Right. Dr. Steve and Dr. Scott. And the guy's like, <laughs> uh, yes, why? He goes, dude, those are guys for weird medicine. Course, and the credit card guy didn't know. <laughs> yeah, we ended up being about. buddies with him. Yeah, he was Old Ken Moniak. He's Moniak. been on the show. Moniak's been yeah. on the show. He was a good... Is he still got his place? Out of, out of the beer brewing business. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. He made under, good beer. He made very good beer. Yeah, he's... he's 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 no longer doing it, but and they're trying to sell that building now. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I hate it. We did a comedy just COVID just whacked, yeah, whacked, wiped wiped him out. Too. We did a comedy event there and all kinds of stuff. I really like. I enjoyed Ken a lot. Okay, so uh, this guy has a two part question. I think. Uh, and second question is a pretty general, weird medicine classic annals question. Excellent. Um, how can I explain to my wife? Why oh, my well, hand is in okay, my Okay, number one. Okay, you can't. <laughs> Before I hear any more. You can't. Okay, next question. Oh, I'm sorry. How can I explain to my wife why my hand is in my pants? And I tell her, eh, my balls are itchy. I'm doing the old pinching and rolling, the old uh, Al Bundy with the hand on my pants. Yeah, just tell her this. I love to masturbate. I love to masturbate. And she said, why are your balls always itchy? Why are you always doing that? Yeah, if she had balls, she would not. And I don't have a good enough answer other than they just are. Yeah. (laughs) So the scrotum, women don't understand this part of male anatomy because their their, um, gonads are inside their body because they can exist at body temperature and make eggs. Apparently, we can't make sperm if if our testicles are at body temperature. They've got to be exactly three degrees below, which means that now instead of them being inside our body, they got to hang outside our body, just right for somebody to kick us in the, in them, and um, 
and they're in this sort of thin uh, sack made out of skin and, um, uh, you know, this sort of membranous tissue that lines it called peritone. It's, it's an extension of peritoneum, which is the lining of the abdomen. And um, so because we have that sack lying outside of our skin and it lies between two things which we call thighs, which in most of us are bigger than they should be, there's not a lot of air getting in there. No. And there's sweat and there's air and sweat and air cause an itchy environment and your balls are going to be itchy. Now, I never have my hands down my pants, my balls where my scrotum never itches, but there are guys that do. Maybe you have a uh, mild fungal infection in that area, and you may think about getting some fresh balls, mm-hmm. which is tapioca powder. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't do it, try treating your nuts with a uh, an over-the-counter antifungal, a jock itch, antifungal for a while, and then putting the fresh balls on. A spa day for your nuts. Yep. And then, yeah, and then try a spa day for your nuts, spa day for whatever nuts. that is, <laughs> Dr. Scott thought this one out. But anyway, yes. but no. I, I think that's what it is. You got anything on that? No, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's all you can tell me. Yeah. Say, listen, this is how our species uh, procreates. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. be- tell, tell, tell your fingertips are cold and your testicles are warm. So it's Yeah, but your maybe. armpits are warm, though, too, yeah. so you can just do that. But that'd be weird if you put your hands in your armpits. I still just think. <laughs> I love to masturbate. I love to masturbate. Yeah, just don't tell her you That's think you have, just answer. don't tell her you, yeah, just don't tell her you think you have a fungal infection down there. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm telling him. No, I know, I know, I know. But um, if you want to, I mean, now it's become a habit. But if your balls really are itchy all the time, if your scrotum, it's not your balls, it's mm. your scrotum is as actually itchy all the time. You, you might. There are a couple of things you could do about it, and I enumerated those. No reason to go into them again. If you didn't hear it, it's this is an audio podcast. Uh, just rewind. All right, let's see here. Hey, I've just got something to say about uh, the comment that was made earlier about uh, having no breasts and how someone shared that was a very personal thing. Just like to talk about that a little bit because uh, not all men like big breasts. Thank you. Yeah, right, right, right. No, this what he's talking about is P.A. Lydia, and I'm going to keep that for the next time she's here. Because that is true, you know. There are there's somebody for everybody, and I'm glad that there are guys that like women that don't have large pendulous breasts because it's just less competition for me. <laughs> That's it. Scott's not even listening. He's over there typing. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Kush. Okay. Sean. All right. Let's see. Hey, Doctor Steve and crew. Hey. Uh, I wanted to ask you about. Um, at the end of one of your last episodes, you said you were going to talk about uh, stage fright and urinating oh, wait, for we men. Did, we did this one last week. Yep. Okay, go listen to last week's show. The answer was there. It was uh, We were talking about uh, shy bladder. Quick little question about cold sores. Yep. A, I never get them in the summertime. I mean, it's getting winter now i've had three of them so far that's this why they year. call them cold sores but and it is a bit of a misnomer a cold sore and what's the best way to treat a cold sore well there okay so there's cold sores and then there's cold sores certain cold sores are caused by herpes simplex virus 
And herpes simplex virus number one loves to live on the human face, particularly uh, near the mouth. And that's just where it likes to live. And yes, can you give someone a blowjob or perform other sort of oral treats on them and transmit it? Yes, you can. But it doesn't like to live there. And it will often uh, cause a much less severe syndrome, although not always. Now, people will say, well, herpes simplex virus is the good one. Herpes simplex 2 being the genital one is the bad one. Not true. Mm. The one that causes herpes encephalitis is almost universally herpes simplex 1, and that's an infection of the brain. So, um, you know, that's rare, but when you see it, it's almost always herpes simplex 1. So even though herpes simplex 2, the jungle region uh, version of herpes um, causes us more lifestyle issues. Uh, the, the herpes simplex one is the worst one. Now, uh, some people get a thing called chelitis in the winter, and that is where the, the corners of their mouth will crack, and it'll get sort of granulation tissue there, and they will call that a cold sore. And that it is a cold sore, but it's not the same thing. So uh, I, the ones that you're having may be actually related to cold weather. Now, uh, is it possible that some people get herpes cold sores in the winter because cold air is, you know, more stressful? Yeah, that's possible because we tend to get more herpes outbreaks during periods of stress. But I just think we're talking about two different things. And one is related to environmental changes in the skin due to cold weather and drier air. And then the other one is just, you know, it's herpes. Mm. All right. What else you got? Scott's, he's checked out. Yeah, so I'm, wrap it up, baby. So I'm just going to wrap, 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 wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott when he's actually here in the studio, <laughs> even when he is here, somebody's <laughs> not here. Uh, thanks to everyone who's made this show happen over the years. Thanks to everybody in the waiting room, uh, particularly. Uh, let's see who we got. Uh, yeah, Amy, talk like a hick to you, whose uh, birthday it is today. Yep. Uh, 55, double deuce. Sean P., who I'll be hanging out with in Rochester, New York, February 3rd at DabbleCon. Um, Get your tickets now at WATPLive.com. And I think I'm just going to get to go to this one and just sit and hang out and not actually have to work. So that's I'm looking forward to that. Amanda Davidson will be there as well. And and, uh, I think we are sitting with Cardiff Electric's wife, although... Don't want to blow up any, um, any, uh, uh, you know, secrets or anything about the event. But that's all I'm saying. So, uh, we will have a, a a fun time at that, even if nobody shows up. So, uh, but uh, if you want to hang out with us and uh, you know, drinks around me, at least one or two. If um, if you're not sober, if you are, hearty handshake instead. Uh, check us out at watplive.com. Many thanks to uh, our listeners. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. And hello, Holly and Steve. There's your shout out. So Merry Christmas.